much fun inside the house? I'm so... Yeah. Are they sleeping still right now? One of them is, yeah. Oh. The 20-year-old's awake. Who's 20? No, the 20-year-old's awake. Okay. <laughs> he's, been, he's been wearing really loose clothes the last couple of weeks. He's and really skinny. He's really skinny, and I didn't notice till this morning because he wouldn't, like, I asked him if he's okay, and he would not answer me. Like, he's 15. He's been... He, he's, he has autism? Yeah. Like a high-functioning? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I had no idea how bad he was. Oh, my God. Like I said, he did, he did this back in, oh, my husband's stroke was January 3rd. Mm -hmm. So he did this back in, I don't know, second week of January for almost three weeks. And then he finally, he ate some, oh, he ate something last night. I can't remember what it was now, I'm sorry. Oh. Where's, your, where's your husband now? He's down at his parents' house because he can't get in our house because the room, he can't go upstairs. Oh. And nobody's answering the phone in their house. You can go back in the house if you want, but I can't. I got to... Keep the the basement secure. You can't go down there, okay? I had no idea. I would have taken him in or something. Now you said the last time you saw him was five thirty this morning. Did he say anything? He had fallen out of bed. At five thirty? Yeah. You sure it wasn't earlier? I mean, it's possible. I thought it was five thirty, but. I wasn't super awake. I heard a thunk. And I came down, and he's kind of laying on his side, kind of like, what the heck? And, um, and I picked, I, uh, I, yeah, I reached out. He, he, I'm sorry. That's all right. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Um. On the morning of July 6, 2022, the police responded to a call of an unresponsive child in Norton Shores, Michigan. The police found 15-year-old Timothy Ferguson had died in the basement of his home. Timothy was described by his mother, Sandra Vander Ark, as having high-functioning autism, ADHD, bipolar, and several other mental ailments. He only weighed 69 pounds. You just listened to a portion of the statement Sandra was giving police. This was taken from their body cam. Hello everyone. I'm Linda Hubert and thank you for listening to Beware True Crime. This is a horrendous story of a woman that was intelligent, but she was not a mother. I've listened to the courts and I just, I cannot wrap my head around this horrendous, horrendous case. It is so sad. So if you could just take a second and hit your like share and follow button. I would really appreciate it. 
But let's go ahead and get into this case. I uh, just let's buckle up and let's get started. Okay, there is a lot of moving parts with this one. So I'll try to keep it as organized as possible. So Sandra Vander Ark, 43, lived in Michigan, has been charged with felony child abuse and murder for her 15-year-old um, son, Timothy, which he actually starved to death. His autopsy report said that he died due to malnutrition and hypothermia. Okay, we'll get into the hypothermia here in just a little bit, but stay with me here. So, Sandra used to live in, in Oklahoma with her husband, Eric. They got divorced, and the state of Oklahoma was going to sever Sandra's rights because of child abuse. So, the four other children were, the courts awarded Eric full custody, and instead of... Um, severing her rights, Sandra went ahead and just relinquished her rights to the children. So at this time, she had four. There was Nolan, which is the oldest, Paul, which is the 19-year-old, Timothy, 15, and then Millie. I think Millie, yeah, Millie was right after Paul. So we have the four children. They're living in Oklahoma. So she moves to Michigan, and she gets with another gentleman named Adam. And then they had a child together, and he is called G, or she calls him Little Man. Sometime in 20, spring of 21, Eric, the ex-husband, calls and says, she, he just can't handle Timothy anymore. So either she needs to come get him or he's going to put him in foster care. Well, Sandra, being the wonderful mother that she is, of course, didn't want him to be put in foster care. So she went and got him. And right before that, Paul, which had been 18 at the time, decided he wanted to come live with his mother. So he was already living with Sandra, Adam, this little G when they got, when she got Timothy. Well, let's go forward. Everything seemed to be going pretty good until Adam in January of 22, he'd had a stroke. And so he was not living with, with Sandra and the children anymore. He had to go live with his mom and dad. So he went to live with them so they could help take care of him. And Sandra was the parent that was taking care of Paul, Timothy, and little man. So during this time, up until that time, it seemed like everything was going pretty good. Well, right after the stroke, at first Sandra said that Timothy went on a hunger strike, but we found out later that that wasn't true. But Sandra went ahead and put cameras, motion detectors, everything throughout the house so she could keep track of Timothy, wherever he was or whatever he was doing. And she was a clerk. She was actually an attorney and a very intelligent woman. She 
was working for a judge as a clerk, and she'd passed the bar, and when she graduated from law school, she was number two in her class. So we're not talking about a stupid woman. She's very, very intelligent. But sometimes people just don't know how to be parents. And she's one of them. She should have never had children and definitely never had custody of any of them. So when she was at work, she would be gone from six in the morning till six in the evening. During that time, Paul, which is, he was 19 now, he was in charge of the little man and Timothy, but she, she had cameras throughout the house. So she watched, watched the kids 24 seven. If she wasn't, if she wasn't with them, she was watching them and she was texting Paul back and forth, back and forth. In fact, they, and they had over 2000 text messages that they had in court. So we're talking, I don't know how she got anything done because all she was doing was watching her cameras and texting her son. So she put Paul in charge of taking care of Timothy. And Timothy, like I said, he was high-functioning autistic, but it sounds like he was just a normal 15-year-old child. He was kind of ornery and got into things, but that's no big deal. That's a 15-year-old. But she had put locks on the refrigerator, the freezer, the pantry, everything. So Timothy couldn't eat anything. He, they didn't allow him to eat anything except for bread. So she was, they were giving him bread with hot sauce on it. And that's the only thing poor Timothy had had to eat in months. And he, like I said, he was skin and bones, only 69 pounds when he died. So I mean, we're talking nothing but a skeleton. In fact, one of the officers that was looking at the cameras said that he looked like a corpse. But they would use punishment with this hot sauce. And sometimes Sandra even had Paul put it directly into his mouth. And we're not talking about Tabasco. She even said on the stand that they had to order this offline because it was so hot. It was a ghost pepper hot sauce. So we're talking hot, hot. So, and then when that didn't work, they would pour, put poor Timothy in a bath, an ice bath. And they had him in an ice bath for nine hours before he died. Nine hours. That's why he died of hyperthermia and malnutrition. Nine hours this poor little boy was in an ice bath. Now, according to court documents, Timothy had spent nine hours in this ice bath before he died on the morning of the 5th. She, at about 11.30 on the 4th, no, 11.30 on the 5th, the night, the night of the 5th, she had 
text Paul because he was at work. Sandra had text Paul saying that she had to drag him out of the ice bath and drag him into his room at night. Now, his room was a closet. That was it. And this is, if he wasn't in the ice bath, then he was in this closet that had a tarp, a blue tarp in it. That was the only thing that was in this closet where he spent the largest majority of his time. And it had a camera in there so she could keep track of him in his little room. Now, what could he possibly do in this little room that she would have to keep an eye on him for? But anyway, so she had text Paul because Paul was at work. He works at a fast food place that she drug him in into his room that night. So then the next morning, that's when she found out that he had passed away. He, was, he wasn't responding. Now, Paul would do a lot of the torturing when Sandra wasn't around. But, and don't get me wrong, I think that Paul should be held accountable for the torture that he put forth on his, on his little brother. But just through the interrogation and the court, Paul, I don't know, I'm no doctor, but in my opinion, I think Paul maybe has some mental health issues, maybe a lower IQ, I, I don't know for sure, but it seems like that. And he absolutely was his mother's puppet. She had manipulated him, brainwashed him into doing these unthinkable acts on his little brother. It was horrible. And if, and I'll play a little um, snippet of his interrogation, but he kept making sure that the police knew that his mother loved Timothy, that she was a good mother, that, you know, he didn't, she didn't mean for any of this to happen. And you could tell by the end of this interrogation, this police officer was getting a little agitated because he kept saying on and on where how his mother loved, she loved all of her kids so much and she was a good mother. And finally, the police officer said, this doesn't look like love. This is not love. This poor child starved to death. That's not love. And like Paul says, she's very intelligent. She's probably the smartest person in that whole police station. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you have to feed your children, clothe them, and care for them and not lock them up in a bedroom and just force feed them bread with hot sauce on it. It doesn't take Einstein to figure that one out, does it? So Paul actually ended up testifying against his mother. During her interrogation, she blamed everything on Paul, said that it was his doing to get the handcuffs because they would handcuff him sometimes. It was his doing to get the hot sauce because the hotter the better according to them. It was her his idea to only feed him bread. Everything was Paul's fault. Well, as you as you can see, he went ahead, 
got a clearer head and did testify against his mother. And after her trial, he went ahead and pled guilty to felony child abuse, and he could get life in prison. So let's go ahead and take a listen to some of this interrogation with the police officers and Paul. This was before he'd been arrested, but um, just the night before. He was arrested on the 9th, and Sandra was arrested on the 8th. So let's take a little listen to that. You shouldn't be using hot sauce as much, right? She knows better than that. And you know better than that too, right? I think anybody with some common sense knows that hot sauce is not something you punish a child for for eating food that they're not supposed to eat or for disrespect or for not following orders. We know those things are okay. I know that. We've, we've tried so many different things. We just were running out of options of trying to find a punishment that would actually work. And even that did nothing, right? And we still kept trying them. So you have the hot sauce. Tell me about the handcuffs. I know that once again, she took no in for that, right? Who did she put it all on? She put it all on you. She said that that was your idea, that those were yours, and that you did those things. But I think that's not the truth thing that I read on here. What's the real truth about that? We were talking against the ball at some points, and he would try to move it. And at one point, he actually put motion sensors on him to stop that. But on him himself, yeah, like if they were vibrator, they would affect any sort of vibrations. And the thing is that he's learned to trick them by moving so slow. They'd be on his door and they'd be moving so slow that it wouldn't set him off. So you can get away with stuff. Okay. So you're saying standing still was out of the punishment that he was forced to fall into the wall? Yeah. Into the wall. He was out of, was that regular that he had to do that? Like how, how often was he at this standing into the wall? Since two weeks ago, it wasn't very often. So you, you, you told us that you heard her saying that was that a lie? Yeah. And did, did you come up with that on your own, or did somebody ask you to say that you did that? Like we said, the whole morning thing was 
Exactly. He was he wasn't breathing in the closet. The baby was the closet. We had to get him out of the closet and try and resuscitate. So it's you and the trying to get him out of the closet. We did get out and we tried to resuscitate. Was it was it who noticed it first? You know. Did she have asked you via test to check on the way up? That's not what happened. She said, hey, can you check on the way upstairs? Do you remember that text message at all? No. Okay. There might have been one that I didn't see, but... So you guys pulled We tried to resuscitate. We gave you rescue breaths. So as you can tell, with part of that, I don't know if you could hear it very good. But Paul would take responsibility. It was his fault. He shouldn't, you know, he should have done something more. He should have helped him. And he feels really guilty about it. And he just goes on and on and says how his mother actually cared for all of them and that she wanted the best for all of them. It's just unbelievable the way she has controlled this poor boy just so she won't get in trouble and he says during the interrogation that they had to pull him out of the closet where he was because at first she told the police that he was up on a bed and she pulled him off the bed well, later on in court, she said that she did lie about that, that he was laying in that closet with that blue tarp, and they pulled him out of there because there wasn't even enough room in this little closet for them to do CPR. So, I mean, and it just goes on and on about how she always wanted the best for him, and, you know, and she blames Paul for everything buying handcuffs because they handcuffed him because and made him stand against the wall in like a sitting position so and anytime he would move he would get in trouble it's just it's torture it is pure torture and so they had the trial and she was found guilty of first degree murder and for felony child abuse and it only took an hour for the jury to come back with a guilty plea and of course she wasn't in court that day she wasn't feeling well poor thing she wasn't even there so the jury could look her in the eyes and say you are guilty you are a monster and you should never ever been able to have children so we're going to go ahead and play what the judge says to her during sentencing because she was there during sentencing and her two children, her oldest children, Nolan, which he lives in um, South Carolina and Millie, which is the girl, which was just, I think, a couple years older than, than Timothy. They gave a statement and she wouldn't even look at her kids. She never once glanced up and looked at her two older children. And they just said that they were so sorry. They had no idea that she was doing this to Timothy. And Nolan said if he would have known, he would have came down and got Timothy and took him back with, with him and his wife. It was just so, so sad. These two 
these two children, they talked about how wonderful their brother was. And she would not even give them enough respect to look them in the eye. Oh, what a monster. So we're going to listen to what the judge has to say during sentencing. One, because we know what you did to him now. It's not hidden anymore. We know who you are. That's the way that I'm going to honor him. You don't win because justice, thank God, in this case prevailed. I can't even imagine if you had been able to resuscitate him. He'd be still suffering. So if there's any anything I'm grateful for would be that he finally passed away so you couldn't continue to torture him. You did. Court first says to count two, child abuse in the first degree. Court sentences you 50 years to 100 years in prison, credit for 575 days. Court is exceeding guidelines in this case. Uh, the court finds that the amount of torture that I've indicated uh, in terms of the long term suffering that Mr. Vander, or excuse me, Mr. Ferguson, Timothy went through. Uh, justifies and are reasonable grounds to depart from the guidelines. Uh, the used to be the standard was the guidelines. If the guidelines had taken into consideration all the elements, I don't think they would take into consideration the amount of absolute, systematic, consistent torture uh, that you engaged in here. I think that's enough reasons to justify departing from the guidelines. There's a $68 state cost, $130 crime victim rights assessment. As to count one, uh, felony murder, it's a sentence of the court. You serve a term within the Michigan Department of Corrections for the rest of your natural life without parole. Now, Paul has already pled guilty to felony child abuse, and he will be sentenced at the end of the month. So... I'm not sure how that sentence will go, and I'll keep you updated on that. Try to keep um, Nolan and Millie in your thoughts and prayers. This has got to be tough for the two older children because you could almost hear it on their impact statement at court that they were taking, they were feeling guilty for not being there for Timothy. They both said they had no idea that this was going on. And Nolan said he would have just packed up and come down and got him. But they didn't have any idea that she was treating Timothy like this. So everybody else takes responsibility. But for her, she's taken none, no responsibility at all. And as far as little G goes, his father, Adam, passed away in February from uh, complications of leukemia. So he is now awarded the state, and but that's way safer, way safer than being in his mother's care, that's for sure. So if you could just take a second and hit your like, share, and follow button, I would really appreciate it. And until next time, beware.